Before we get started, you should probably know that the following podcast contains strong language and conversations of an adult nature. Also, it will almost certainly contain spoilers. Hello and welcome to Minisode 96 of Strong Language and Violent Scenes, the podcast giving a second chance to films that might not deserve them. As ever, I am Mitch Bain. I'm a lapsed horror writer and an occasional doer of musical things. And I'm Andy Stewart, bored out my tits. Know the feeling. How are you, my friend? I'm okay, I'm okay. Uh, how's isolation treating you? Not bad. Kind of comes and goes, I would say. You know that thing in The Simpsons where Apu worked 96 hours in a row and then thought he was a hummingbird? <laughs> I feel like that might happen to me sometime soon, but we'll see. Uh, what about you? Yeah, I'm okay. I'm uh, working through my Blu-rays. Oh, there you are. Yeah, for date stamp purposes, we are coming at you on a Sunday morning. Yeah, we are. Yeah, good morning. From our respective isolation chambers, obviously, but we're shaking things up with a little bit of Skype video chat, and it is nice to see your smiling face, I must say. <laughs> Thank you. And what do you make of this this thing here, now that I've shaved? First time I've shaved with a razor in years. Yeah, me too, actually. We've both had bored person shaves this week. Yeah, a few of my mates have sent me photos. They've, like, bored person shaved their heads. Yeah, a couple of my friends have done that as well. Um, <laughs> I am going to wait until all of this is over and until I get my hair cut, but I am concerned about what I'm going to look like. Because right now, I mean, like, I shaved and immediately regretted it because now I look like a balding child. <laughs> Looking at you, I can confirm that to be the truth. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, we've been swiftly on. What have you been watching this week? <laughs> well, I uh, spunked the prerequisite £16 and I watched The Invisible Man. Ooh, okay. I have been sizing up doing this also. So, yeah, Lee Winnell's Invisible Man which, yes, what, had its cinema run curtailed and moved to Amazon Video, rentable there. Yes, indeed. Um, which we did talk about last week a little bit, actually. So, I've been hearing like virtually nothing but good things about this. How did you find it? Um, I'm going to echo, for the most part, those good things. Okay, that's cool. Um, I do think there's a slight drag late on in the film. Right. But for the most part, I thought it was really strong. I thought that the tension was handled incredibly well. Um, and it's an incredibly clever approach to directing um, because it keeps you on your toes constantly. There's weird framing involved that constantly draws your eyes to different parts of the screen. And it's just a really cool way to constantly keep you wondering if he's there, which I absolutely loved. I felt like I was on my toes during it. That's really cool. The last film that I remember doing that in a way that was kind of constant was It Follows. Mm-hmm. Remember, because it was like, um, oh, they could be coming at you whenever. They could, it could be anybody. They could take any form. But if they're walking towards you, then look out kind of thing. And that meant that you just spent every minute that you weren't being actively scared by something scanning the fringes of every frame looking for something suspect so i kind of was hoping that the invisible man would have an effect like that i think that i might actually just bite the bullet and get this watch tonight because enough people have talked about it i'm very very curious it is really good uh, and elizabeth moss is rightly getting loads of plaudits for her performance here she's great and she has this cool journey from that being like this abused partner to kind of toughening up and kind of taking a stand yeah she's she's excellent in it absolutely brilliant i think that people are probably a little bit slow to appreciate what a great couple of years she's had 
Yeah. Just in general. Because, I mean, obviously there was a Handmaid's Tale brought her to the attention of a lot of people. Between that, she was amazing in Us as well, I thought. Mm -hmm. But she also had Her Smell yeah. uh, this year, which has just landed in Sky Cinema. She's great in that as well. She's kind of just discreetly become this marker quality in the last year or two. She absolutely carries this whole film. Like, there's other characters that kind of circling around her. Like, she lives with this old pal of hers who's a police officer. Um, and her sister plays a part in it but the, the, the roles are really small it's really hard trying to deal with this mm -hmm. weird thing that happens and the fact that it's so surreal and unbelievable that no one else around her will give her the time of day in regards to her story until they're I guess, fully confronted with it. Okay. Eagle-eyed viewers might spot that this seems to be set in the Upgrade universe. Oh, really? That's cool. Yeah, because I saw something early doors saying that the Adrian, the, the I guess, the Invisible Man, and in inverted commas, his company is Cobalt, oh, which I yeah, think yeah, is yeah. one of the, the kind of two main companies in Upgrade. Okay, um, okay, so good spot. That's pretty cool. I hope he, I wonder if he's going to expand this universe. Pretty into that. Um, but yeah, it's really cool. And actually, the, the tech side of it, it's never really explained it's never overpowering to the story it just is part of it I don't really want to go into too much detail of the how he's invisible mm -hmm. but you can probably figure it out relatively early on cool you got anything else in there? Uh, not really to be honest I've okay. been um, playing some video games and stuff that I've been letting slide obviously I'm sure online video game sales have absolutely fucking skyrocketed definitely um, I only have the one as well really um, and I did a video conference chat group watch of the drone oh right okay uh, this week which has just landed in Sky Cinema so this went down pretty well at Fright Fest, a horror comedy starring Alex Esso. So yeah, basically what we have here, it pretty much does what it says in the tin. We have a couple that move into a new house, a drone appears. Uh, on their front step at one point. Guy takes it inside, and as it turns out, the drone is up to no good. Terrorizes them in some hilariously specific ways, including taking photos of their next door neighbor sunbathing and putting them in a folder on their desktop computer, so Alex S.O. thinks that her husband is cheating on her, and stuff like that. <laughs> Deeply silly, but it's very aware of that, and it embraces the nonsense in a way that makes it very fun. It's also only 78 minutes long, so there's no sag. It jumps straight into the story, and basically just kind of pinballs from daft set piece to daft set piece after that. Perfectly fine Friday night, like kind of just have ears, have a laugh film. I, I liked it quite a bit. I wouldn't necessarily race to recommend it to everyone, but if a horror comedy about a newlywed couple getting terrorized by a drone sounds like it's something that you'd like, you'll probably like it. Amazing. There's no hidden depths or subtext to this whatsoever. <laughs> if what you want is brainless fun that delivers exactly that one sentence synopsis, then get on it. It's on Now TV now. <laughs> Listening to you talk about the drone taking photos of people, that is done into far more sinister effect than The Invisible Man. Oh, right, okay. Oh, yeah, right, yeah. Okay. So Jackie had a real hard time with some of it. She was extremely unsettled. Really, yeah? I, I really need to watch this. I really need to watch this. Yeah, yeah, you I, should. It's really, really good. Uh, I have one more thing to report. Oh. Do, 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 do. It's the 90s and Mitch is watching things. <laughs> I can't settle on one. Still kicking that around, I like it. That's my worst year. I would say possibly. So, I'm on a 90s side quest. In the wake of the Shockwaves 100, I decided that I wanted to check out some horror films from the 90s, uh, because I thought that the 90s is kind of a curious time for horror, because until, I would say, Scream ca uh, came around, it was kind of untethered to any one particular trend, and as a result, loads and loads of weird stuff got made. So, <laughs> I have been watching some stuff from after, like, kind of post-Scream, some stuff from before. Mm -hmm. 1993 this time, uh, Leprechaun. <laughs> right, okay. <laughs> uh, so I'd never seen any of the Leprechaun films, so I tried this one. The original, yeah, the first one. Yes. Okay. Uh, featuring an absolutely heinous Jennifer Aniston. <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, again, does what it says in the tin. Reign of Terror from a Leprechaun played by Warwick Davis. Everyone knows this. There's about a million of them now. I hated this. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, uh-huh. I couldn't get on board at all with the, like, sense of mischief of it. Like, I just, it was one of those things that just tried my patience from the opening frame. Also, the kind of wildly fluctuating accents and all that kind of thing. It's not the kind of thing that I should really <laughs> be getting hung up on for a film like this. But also, I think it maybe just caught me in the wrong mood. But genuinely, as soon as it started, I was like, fuck this, fuck this, fuck this, fuck this. And I never stopped thinking that until it finished. So um, I'm going to try and find something a little bit more palatable uh, next week. I think I, I did talk about maybe digging out a slasher uh, right. this past week. And I think that I'll maybe just finally get around to doing that next, possibly. Now, it's been a long time since I watched leprechaun okay even longer since i revisited any of the sequels right. uh, i recall there being some pretty broad characterizations in leprechaun i think that that is a fair assessment yes uh-huh um how's it yeah, aged? Like, pretty poorly um <laughs> no nobody uh nobody exists with any refinement beyond the stereotypes that they are there to perpetuate <laughs> wonderful is how I would describe that. Uh, yes, I thought that was drivel. Uh, wow. So we, we'll see what happens next week. <laughs> Excellent. By the way, if you want a film that is similar, but I think is better, Rumpelstiltskin. Okay, cool. Uh, I'll keep that in mind. Hunt it out. Moving on then. Yeah. What have they been saying? saying a decent amount on the feedback this week I'm almost nothing tied to particular episodes and I think that maybe just isolation is maybe just turning some of you a little bit crazy I think that's true but I do want to say hello to Dennis Extro Atherton getting in touch simply sending us a picture of the cover art for the film The River Wild Okay, okay. Uh, starring Meryl Streep, Kevin Bacon, and David Strathairn. <laughs> and um, he just simply said, a bit of love for David as he hasn't had a mention on the podcast in a while. We haven't forgotten about you, David. We have not, Dennis. He's always in my heart and mind. Yeah, yeah. And in fact, fairly recently, I was watching uh, Godzilla King of the Monsters with my infant son, and I thought I would send a photo of both Nathan and David Strathairn to you by holding him up in front of the telly. <laughs> Yeah, so admittedly, Dennis, we have given David some uh, short shrift compared to what he's used to. We haven't kept him in the lifestyle to which he's become accustomed, mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. uh, we haven't forgotten about him. Yep. Now, uh, Chris Salt at Oblong Pictures got in touch, just reaching out and saying uh, day seven and things are getting desperate, and he okay. has sent us one of the opening title cards from Howard the Duck. I did think it was Howard the Duck, yeah, okay. So, yeah. Um, Chris, uh, high on the list of people who are losing their minds. <laughs> Hanny underscore Ray getting in touch saying, Need something entertaining to listen to during your lockdown? Check out Strong Violent PC for some excellent chat, surprisingly oh. poignant takes, and some very questionable movie recommendations. Oh, cool. Thank you very much. A couple of people coming out of the woodwork and saying some nice things uh, this week, actually. Alexis, Cosmic Ray Girl got in touch as well. Thank goodness for Strong Violent PC bringing some normality to this new crazy life. Happy to be part of the routine. <laughs> yes, yes, indeed. If we can make your isolation any less unbearable, then we are happy to do so, and we are glad to be invited into your isolation pods. Absolutely. With a more optimistic tone, Laura, buying an LV on Twitter, getting in touch with one eye on when all this madness ends and said, the Strong Violent PC live event when this is all over is going to be carnage. Laura, you kind of put that idea in our heads and we've started talking about it. Our post-dystopia party might happen. <laughs> Like, like, it's not something that I'd considered, but now you've mentioned it, I can't unring that bell in my head, so I quite fancy it. Yeah, I'm into that as well. I'm into that as well. Yeah, so uh, watch the watch the space. We'll figure something out. Okay, I've got something from Kevin Matthews. Now I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sing this. Okay, but I, I, <laughs> right. I think it's telling that this is the the feedback that you've decided to send on to me rather than deal with it yourself. Uh, yes, that was intentional. <laughs> Basically, I think Kevin's also losing his mind because he is writing songs about us to the music of the Venga Boys. Okay. I'm not sure which one it is. Oh, it'll be the, the, the Venga Boss is coming. Yeah, it's We Like to Party, yes. Ah, right. <laughs> Thank you, Mitch. 
uh, basically, the lyrics are as follows. No, do you know what? Just go to Kevin Matt. Go to Saltire Popcorn on Twitter. Uh, then into his tweets and replies, and I'm sure you'll, you'll see it there. But I'm not about to sing it. Um, anyway. If anyone wants to record themselves singing it, we will put it in the next minisode. Yes, that'd be great, actually. Yeah, somebody do that. All of you do that. Yeah, yeah. If, you, if, like, if you all do it, then we'll find a way to sync up the audio and make it a little strong violent PC choir. Yeah, and if you anyway, if you can all do it in slightly different keys... Yeah, that would be great. If we could make the end result as atonal as possible, that'd be lovely. Yeah, and if, uh, or alternatively, if you, if you all want to do it in harmonising registers, then we can put it together. Oh, that'd be fancy. Kevin Matthews getting in touch also on the email this week. Yeah. Um, and I just, I just, I, I don't want to let that pass us by because nobody ever emails us. Kevin did uh, send us an email after having listened to this week's episode on Invaders from Mars with Sarah Daly, and now seems like a good time to say a big thank you to Hex Media's Sarah Daly for joining us this week. That was a great time. Yeah, absolutely, had a smashing time. So good to revisit Invaders from Mars. It's been a long, long time. Kevin sent us a message. The subject line was simply harumph. <laughs> The harumph is for the fact you SOBs didn't mention the classic original Invaders from Mars during the chat, not that I recall anyway, which has almost the exact same ending. We did not talk about it at all. We did not mention the fact that it was a remake at all and didn't link it back to the source material even remotely. I mentioned it in the episode notes. Yes, that's right. (laughs) I love the original and used to forget the ending every time I watched it and I'm still not won over by the remake. Also, a suggestion for Mitch. Now, this ties back into the fact that once we finish the 90s side quest, I'm going to try and watch 50 films suggested by you guys. Mm-hmm. And they need to be first watches, but basically, uh, if there's things out there that you think that I haven't seen, one, you are probably right, and two, we want you to tell us about them. So Kevin got in touch and said, um, a suggestion for Mitch, The Borderlands, a.k.a. Final Prayer. As this is fairly recent in terms of having done some festival screens, Mitch may have already seen it. I have. I love it, though. Yeah. I won't be watching it for this purpose, but I do agree with you. I think it's great. So I will offer up a backup of Cairo, a.k.a. Pulse, by Kiyoshi Kurosawa. I can facilitate that, and I can also facilitate both of these. For our friend, film fan Stevie has thrown a couple of suggestions into the hat. Okay, cool. Two films I would recommend Watchfire's Mitch Watch, that's not easy to say, are <laughs> Onibaba okay. and Tombs of the Blind Dead. Okay, nice. Get Hopefully he hasn't seen either of them. We need to start compiling a master list because people are responding to this quicker than I expected them to. <laughs> um, Andy McEwen got in touch as well. Great episode uh, as regards Invaders from Mars. Thank you for that. Also showing some interest in uh, For We Are Many, the Hex Media film, uh, the anthology that came out uh, back in summertime. He was saying, where can I view such a wonderful thing? You correctly directed him to the fact that you can pre-order that at the Hex Media web store. Yes, indeed. Yep. Uh, and I think that is imminent, I believe. Yes, absolutely. Do you have anything else? And just that a couple of people reached out to let us know, sadly, Stuart Gordon passed away the other day. Yeah, and I think that, yeah, we shouldn't blow past that because that is a pretty big deal in the horror world. Yeah, and huge to me as well. I mean, I have a Reanimator tattoo, and Reanimator's one of my top five films of all time. And it's a constant inclusion in my top five. That That never moves. Other films drop in and out depending on my mood. Reanimator's always in there, Jaws is always in there, The Wicker Man's always in there. And it was one of the first films I ever showed to Jackie when we started seeing each other. In fact, it was oh, really? the first film that we ever watched together. I just loved Stuart Gordon's work and it is incredibly sad that he has passed away. But just leaves it behind some amazing work that's going to live on and on and keep making people happy for ever, hopefully. Yeah, and you know what, now's a good time to go check that stuff out. Yeah, absolutely. I think a lot of it can be found on Shudder. Some of the Reanimator films are on Shudder. I think maybe even From Beyond's on Shudder just now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it is, yeah. Go and have a scoot around and watch it if you haven't watched it before because they're great fun. 
Yeah. Just before we move on, let's say a quick hello to Dave Cooper, Deluxe underscore man on Twitter, who winged us some cash this week. Yeah, again, Dave, thank you so much for this. Uh, it's generosity that we don't expect, and thank you so much. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, don't forget, uh, Dave, more prolific than he said he was going to be with the podcast, Anyone for Seconds. A uh, few episodes out there now for that, so go check that out too. Yeah, just chumling them out. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So. Yeah. That's what's up, it is once again time for Mitch's Pitches. Mitch's Pitches is a feature on the show that is designed to exploit my ignorance for your entertainment. While we're recording, Andy will send a picture to my phone. It will be a poster from a horror film from years gone by. We'll have photoshopped out the title and the tagline and left in only the image. My job will be to describe the image to the best of my ability and give it both a title and a synopsis based on the image alone. We'll share it as well on all the social media channels so you can play along at home, as yes. many of you did this week. So, last week we had Bloodsucking Freaks. Well done reappropriated by me as Fright Stamina Factions. Sorry about that. <laughs> That's okay. And uh, a few people getting in touch uh, this week on this one, actually. Uh, Hanny underscore Ray, flamboyant millionaire count in cards. Right. <laughs> throws a dinner party with a difference. There's bikini-clad babes, a weird-tasting chowder course, and the chef seems to have lost his head. It's dinner party of death, head of the table. Okay, wonderful. C.P. Buckley, Charlie Hart, travels to his boss's home after being invited to the annual company orgy. <laughs> During the pre-orgy meal, one of the dishes served is the head of their boss, Harris Harrison. Now Charlie and the special guests find themselves locked in with the murderous psychopath ghost of Harry Harrison, Harris's father. Now Charlie hunts for a way out of the house while avoiding the murderous spirit and trying to get off with Tammy Chestful, his boss's secretary, in 1976's Escape from Orgy Manor. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Alexis Donnelly on Facebook, Verona has Corona and passed it on to Aunt Fiona. Oh. Then she passed it on to Shona, who coughed on her uncle Jonah. Now he's hell-bent on revenge, as the virus has mutated him into a distorted, bloodthirsty beast. But first, he needs to stop by his local supermarket to pick up some dairy. Heads will roll in this 1993 horror, especially when Jonah finds out there's no cream left in the shops. Tune in this Friday for Requiem for the Cream. That's so weird. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and a, 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 a tragic waste, because no one used the word boner. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, Stephen Wales getting in touch. Okay. And uh, coming in hot with uh, what I think might be one of his first pitches ever, a famed Italian horror director, along with the leading man, Felicio Innuendo, <laughs> and three of the hot extras of his latest feature, find themselves quarantined during a shoot due to the outbreak of a virus transmitted by bats being used in the movie. When the only piece of fresh fruit that he'd been secretly hoarding is stolen, the unknowingly infected director flies into a rage so extreme that it reacts with the virus and mutates him into a disfigured and bloodthirsty monster. Will the thief confess before it's too late, or will more heads roll as the monstrous director reaps his revenge? Starring famed Italian adult actress Giza Gobble, and, <laughs> and guest and guest starring Shartan Bort. What was that? Shartan Bort. As Vincent the Bat Handler. It's 1977's The Last Guava of Mario Bava. <laughs> <laughs> and Tony Costantini to finish. When the promiscuous girls of the Sigma Phi Omega sorority house are delivered an invitation to the stately home of eccentric billionaire scientist Sir Francis Einstein <laughs> for what is promised to be an unforgettable luncheon, very good, little do they know they are set to be the main course for Francis's partially melted pet mutant man-eating malformed monstrosity, Gavin. <laughs> Now as the girls fight to avoid ritual snackrifice only with the help of a certain ginger-haired postal worker and his monotone feline travelling companion can stop student body president Timothy Rhubarb. Oh! 
Deliver the gullible girls from evil Frankenstein's monster in 1991's poorly considered live-action Postman Pat movie, Everybody Knows His Blood Red Van. (laughs) Uh, A welcome return for Timothy Rhubarb. Yes, absolutely, absolutely, he's been missed. Yes, Uh, so I am going to give the best pitch to Tony. Okay. And I'm going to give the best character name to Gizagobble. Uh, so that's uh, Stephen. Yes, indeed. Yeah. So Stephen and Tony uh, split in the nothing this week. Congratulations to you both. Yep, excellent, guys. Well done. Please, please. I mean, we have to caution people from stop peddling anything at this specific time. But if you are able to share your nothing among those who maybe need it, please, please do. Yep. But for the rest of you, Rab, the delivery driver, is on his way. Yep. Yep. Good old Rab. Yep. He's an essential worker. Yep. And he is uh, dressed head to toe in a hazmat suit. Well, of course, naturally. We told him it was a hazmat suit, but what you actually have is one of those disposable paper painter's outfits that just rips. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah, 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 he'll be fine. Yeah, you could spit peas through it, Mitch. He's made, he's made, he's made a tough stuff. <laughs> okay, I guess it's my turn then. Yeah, you ready? Sure. Here it comes. Okay, so the border to this image is white, just a solid block of white. Sure, sure, sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, what we have here, the background is black, kind of like uh, from the top, kind of fading into red. Uh, for the bottom half, reaching from the mist is a hand. It kind of looks half human, half monster, because like it's got like kind of claws like you'd associate with a monster, but it's also stitched like it's a glove. Okay. Uh, but it's a green hand uh, with fangs and uh, some hair growing fangs. out of knuckles. No, claws, sorry. And it is kind of holding and probably crumpling up a Polaroid of a couple who are seem to be wearing matching shirts. Right. And they both have very, very, very black hair. They're standing, posing in front of a house. It looks like quite a fancy house. Got some nice, some nice pillars outside and a large garden with some trees in it. And uh, in front of the house, there is a small for sale sign with uh, a kind of sold sticker on top of it. So they're obviously moving into this house, or presumably they're moving into this house. A gloved, scaly hand crushes Polaroid of couple moving into new home they could also be taking a photo because they're leaving a home that they hated that's true that's that's also true yeah yeah we'll see which way i go yep also a swipe of the courtney cox and david hasselhoff about this couple yes i would say that's fair that's reasonable right i'll need a minute yep you've got it i'm finding it increasingly difficult to find uh, hilarious posters for you uh, yeah, I'd imagine that, yeah, I mean, I mean, like, there's a limited amount of them in the world. Yeah, yeah. But, but um, feel not, I'm nowhere near the end yet. Good, 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 good. Yeah. Um, okay. How are you feeling? Right. Good? Um, yeah, sure, let's try this. <laughs> Go on, man. Hal and Mindy Hatstand have it made. Following his big promotion down at the stationery company, pens, etc., he and his new wife finally move into their dream home. What they don't know is that lurking in the basement is an infamous serial killer known for his incredible patience in stalking his victims. However, having taken up residence in the vacant house's basement with the intention of slaughtering the new arrivals, he's grossly overestimated both his own stamina and the durability of the housing market, leaving him marooned for the last three months in the basement with no food or water. Hellbent on now finally completing his mission, but far too dehydrated and malnourished to move, the stakes have never been lower as Hal and Mindy go about their business, totally oblivious both to the madman lurking below and the fact he poses no discernible threat to them whatsoever. It's 1994's screwball horror comedy, The Mortally Malnourished Madman of Magnolia Lane. It didn't come from beneath the floorboards. That's very silly. You're, you're, yeah, yeah, it's pretty daft. Yeah, like, I, I, like, like when I, when I when I had the idea of him being stuck in the basement for ages, uh, I was like, "That's really stupid. I should wait a minute. That's really stupid. I'm going to do it." Right. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. 
I get it. So, yeah. Tell me more. So, you're wrong. Okay. I'm sure that will come as no surprise. Yep, shook. Yep, uh, the film is in fact, what year did you say? 1994 there. Yep, uh, and it's in fact 1987, Mitch. 87, okay. Yep. And the film is Scared Stiff. Scared Stiff, okay, cool. Uh, what's that about and more to the point, who's telling us? Coming in this week on IMDb from Brian J. Wright. Six campers, John Toft and North Point, where they're promptly stalked and killed by a ghoulish man who ultimately is just looking for a little love. <laughs> Superb, good, good. Yeah. Very happy with that. Yeah. Um, okay, that concludes Mitch's pitches for this week. That image is now everywhere, so if you want to join in, then please do, because you'll definitely be funnier than me. Moving swiftly on then to a slow week on the streaming platforms. Yeah, what's that all about? Nah, well, it is this awkward kind of like between months thing where a lot of people haven't put out their kind of press stuff about what's coming. Right. So I think that actually Shudder's got a decent amount of stuff, but it's quite difficult to set apart what's UK. Right, okay, um, got you. When you don't have a note of that. So I'm just going to go with the stuff that I know that is definitely there. Right. So uh, Amazon Prime, nothing. Uh, <laughs> Sky Cinema, also nothing, but a couple of good things coming in the coming weeks. What I will say is, though, I mentioned earlier on, the drone is there, and that's fun. And I, I missed that last week, so you want to catch that. Netflix on Monday. Okay. A great favourite of ours, 47 metres down uncaged. Uh, uh, oh, man, we talked about this the other week. Avoid, avoid, like, fuck. Don't get Yeah, like, um, it doesn't ever have to come to that. Die, don't let your isolation boredom get the better of you and feel compelled to watch it. And the pick of the week this week, for me anyway, because I have spoken before on the show about my fascination with cursed productions. Sure. <laughs> you know, and like films that have had like very troubled times behind the scenes and things like that for whatever reason. This coming week, April 2nd, we see the premiere of a new six-part series on Shudder, documentary series called Cursed Films. That's specifically about these things. And I think it takes a film per episode and they talk to people that were on set and stuff and explore the kind of the various kind of weird bad fortune that befell some people on set and all that kind of thing sounds very much up my street and I'd imagine a lot of the listeners are like it as well they talk about films like The Omen and Poltergeist and stuff like that but episode one is about The Exorcist that makes perfect sense yeah so that's coming April 2nd on Shudder and like I say I think that that not that it's fighting off much in the way of competition but that's the pick of the week for me sounds good to me I'll check that out cool turning our attentions to this week then and uh if you're a reasonably long time listener to the show, you might enjoy this one. So, we do have a guest this week. We do indeed, and I'm very much looking forward to this one. Yes. So, we did a film of this man's on the show uh, a wee while ago. It never fails to amaze me when someone whose films we've covered is happy to come on the show. In fact, very keen to come on the show. Yeah, because um, for one thing, fair play, listened to the episode, absolutely took it in the spirit it was intended, had a laugh with us about it, and then has since been listening. And after a while, we were kind of like, you know what, you should just come on. Let's just do this. And with that, our guest this week is Hellbent director, Paul Etheridge. Yeah, massive thanks to Paul. It may, it may be coming on just to completely not discuss the film and just berate us and call us pricks for yeah, an hour. Maybe, um, this, maybe this is like an incredibly long con. Yeah, it may, it may well be. But I'm, I'm happy to take it. I'm happy to take it. But which film is he claiming to be discussing this week? <laughs> so this week we are going back to 1988. We've spent a lot of time in 1988 lately, I feel. This is very true. Um, and we're talking about Ken Russell's Lair of the White Worm. Lair of the White Worm, with Paul Etheridge, director of Hellbent, for episode 96. That's coming this Friday. How do you feel about that? Get in touch with us. Loads of ways to do that, of course. Facebook and Instagram are Strong Language Violent Scenes. You can tweet us as well at Strong Violent PC. And you can, of course, also email Scenes at gmail.com. Yes, of course. And visit our website, strongviolentpod.com, for links to our tea public, for all the places that you can listen to us. And not very important at this point in time, 
time given that we're all locked in our houses but live dates absolutely and uh, on the subject of tea public we okayed an idea for merch this week with uh, someone whose face was going to be on it <laughs> uh, they're into it so you never know might surface at some point yeah definitely we are back this Friday talking Lair of the White Worm with Paul Etheridge. Join us then if you can. In the meantime, don't forget, it is better to die a hero than live as food in a world of chuds. Goodbye. Bye. You've been listening to Strong Language and Violent Scenes with Andy Stewart and Mitch Bain. Strong Language and Violent Scenes theme by Mitch Bain. Production and artwork by Andy Stewart. Find us on Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts and Podbean. 